0: If you enjoy these podcasts, check out Enrico Signoretti's reports and blogs on gigaohm.com. They're about data storage and cloud computing, addressing all the topics covered in Voices in Data Storage. Ciao, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of uh, GIGAM Voices in Data Storage. I am Enrico Signoretti, and uh, today I want to talk uh, a little bit about uh, hard drives and flash memory in the data center. You know, I wrote an article not long ago on GIGAM uh, talking about this topic, this very topic, and uh, I invited Rob Lee from uh, Pure Storage, because uh, you know, uh, Pure Storage is a, a, an old flash company still today. Even if they are uh, looking more and more to the cloud, but actually, when it's time to talk about data center stuff, they are very, very flash. And uh, and uh, I wanted uh, an opinion about uh, my ideas and uh, and the evolution of the data center. How they see uh, the data center going. Rob, thank you for joining me today, and uh, welcome to the podcast.
1: No, thank you. It's great to be here, and uh, thanks for having me.
0: So why don't we start a little bit uh, uh, introducing yourself, so your role at uh, Pure Storage, and maybe give a little bit of the ground also Pure Storage, even if maybe there is no longer need to introduce your, uh, Pure anymore.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, I'm the VP of Technology and Chief Architect here at Pure. Uh, I've been with Pure about six and a half years, um, and I joined as part of the founding team behind Flashblade. Uh, for those of you who may not know uh, too much about Pure Storage, um, ultimately our mission and our, our vision here is uh, to uh, help innovators uh, build a better world with data, um, and we do do this primarily by making data more available uh, and, and easier and faster to access, and that's everything from uh, speeds and feeds, uh, bringing technologies such as Flash and and high performance networking to play, um, but also removing all of the other friction uh, and things that uh, slow down the flow of data.
0: Very good. So, just uh, um, so very good. Uh, I started the, uh, the my article on Gigam saying the hard disk. This was uh, after a session uh, at the Storage Field Day 19 in January, where we were at the Western Digital offices and they were talking about the roadmaps for the hard drives. Okay. They are doing a lot of stuff around these devices. I mean, uh, new methods of recording, new heads, uh, more density, uh, different type of flutters, and so on. But actually, the more we go on with all this announcement, and the more complicated it is accessing the data. And I thought, uh, uh, look. Right, so that you will get more density and you will be able to uh, still maintain a very good dollar per gigabyte, probably even when compared to the latest flash technology. But it's becoming very, very complicated to develop software that can access these devices. So the traditional vendor, uh, storage vendor, I mean, and the enterprise will... uh, Struggle to keep these kind of devices in their data center, while probably hyperscalers will love them because um, because you know the, they have a complete control over the stack. So uh, when I when I was saying the disk is that is that because we won't see disk drives anymore in traditional data center. W- what's your uh, opinion on? Uh, uh, on our drives today, and you know the relationship uh, that uh, we see today in the data center between our drives and flash memory.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think um, you know certainly we see an acceleration of the disk to flash transition. Um, you know, I'd offer a different opinion. Um, you know, I'd say that uh, uh, disk, like most technologies, uh, you know, don't become dead overnight. Uh, they but they do become a lot more specialized. And so, if you look at, for example, um, continuing R&;D and, and investment and innovation in hard disk it's not that it's slowed down uh, it's just become uh, tremendously more specialized and, and I think you hit on some of the the dimensions and ways that it's becoming more specialized um, for example uh, you know if you look at some of the technologies that are really driving uh, down the, the the kind of uh, lower dollar per terabyte dollar per gigabyte um, price point on it um, those gains and in investments um, you know are are really targeted at, at areas of increasing Um, you know, density and and using technologies that, um, you know, have other ripple effects in in terms of how these drives are being used in larger systems. And so, you know, I think as we see the hard disks or hard drive um, uh, magnetic media roadmaps uh, play out, it's becoming pretty clear that those uh, investments and and, um, new technologies are increasingly becoming specialized in ways that are much more targeted at the hyperscaler type environments than your traditional enterprise environments.
0: Yeah, there is still a huge difference in, in terms of dollar per gigabyte, okay? And, uh, and um, you know, maybe even if uh, we are seeing more and more technology to, that are going towards the better dollar per gigabyte, like QLC and maybe uh, 3D9 that is growing in, uh, in the number of layers, there will be still a, a, a differentiator, okay? Can the TCO of an old flash array close the gap uh, to reach uh, uh, the dollar per gigabyte that we expect today from an uh, from hard drive.
1: Yeah, I think absolutely, uh, and and certainly we can point at the last uh, three, four, or five years as good evidence of that. Um, I think one thing I'll point out that um, you know the economics shift, the the kind of TCO gap, or however you want to kind of quantify it, between flash based systems um, and and magnetic media based systems um, do come in in somewhat discrete steps. Um, so, for example, we saw. Um, tier zero, tier one, um, uh, flash-based workloads uh, take over the 15k spinning, 15k RPM uh, uh, spinning drive market first. I don't even think you can really uh, find those drives in, in uh, any sort of production quantities anymore. Uh, and so, I think as you see uh, today's generation and, and what's of TLC and what's coming next with QLC, uh, it's not hard to see the same uh, effect coming to 10k spinning drives and 7200 uh, uh, RPM drives as well
0: yeah but but again uh i don't want to be the advocate devil here but uh, um, even if this gap is getting you know smaller and smaller there are some workloads in the enterprise that are still um very good for uh, you know massive scale uh uh, arrays okay so multi petabyte arrays and uh, you know parallel throughputs more than IOPS. And uh, in these cases, I know, for example, that you have FlashBlade, but uh, isn't it more expensive than a traditional scale-out system, for example?
1: Well, so I think, uh, so that's a good question. And, and, and I think, um, you know, I think you have to, you have to evaluate uh, cost and expense on a couple different dimensions. Uh, certainly, media plays uh, a large part of it. Um, although I'll point out that as the systems and scale of capacity that you're managing uh, increases, the media, um, uh, uh, the, the difference in media cost becomes less and less of an issue. Um, the uh, you know the other aspect here is that uh, within the enterprise, more and more the way that people are using uh, and valuing the data they're storing uh, is changing as well. And so it's not just so much uh, anymore. Matt of dollar per terabyte um, but also people are really looking a lot harder at dollar per usable kind of IOP if you will essentially not just how much am I paying to store the data um, but how much effective uh, use of the data am I getting and whether that's um, you know whether that's feeding analytics whether it's feeding um, you know any any sorts of other uses of of data Um, you know the other thing I'd point out is that um, you know we talk a lot about flash uh, but, but hard drives aren't standing still either, right? You mentioned that um, you, know, you, you went to the, the, the latest storage field day, and, and as you look at the roadmaps, it's clear that um, the hard drive manufacturers are continuing to invest in denser and denser technology. Um, but those technologies uh, really do bias towards very, very, very large and dense systems. And, and when you start looking at systems at that scale, Um, um, you know, there's a couple other factors that come into play that that become relevant uh, in the enterprise. Uh, One is that, you know, as the disks themselves become larger and larger, um, the issue of failure domains, uh, the issue of, uh, you know, how long does it take to rebuild data subsequent to a a drive failure, for example, uh, becomes very meaningful. All right. So put very simply, um, you know, as drive manufacturers, Start to expand and, and build not just 14 terabyte hard drives, but 20, 30, 50 terabyte hard drives. Um, how long does it take to do a rebuild? And you know, in the time that it takes to, re- to rebuild, um, are there correlating effects with other drives in the system? And so these are all effects that um, you know become very meaningful and important for um, for the enterprise to solve. Um, in in some ways, you can think of the density gains and improvements that the hard drive manufacturers uh, are going after. Um, you know, they're really going after economies of hyperscale, right? These are things that you know start to make sense in very 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 large horizontal stack deployments. Um, the question in my mind is, you know, does that you know our, our, our enterprises that are at a, a, you know, a bit smaller scale, and, and we're still talking several petabytes, but at that scale, are you are you really going to be able to, to make use of uh, and and um, uh, capture those density and cost improvements?
0: Yes, this was a point I um, touched also in my article, and I totally agree with you on this. And I think that... Uh, uh, there is this uh, uh, migration of data, especially very core data, to the cloud. I mean, uh, there are uh, services like uh, Amazon Glacier or, you know, low tier of uh, S3, Wasabi, and others that are really, really cheap. So, uh, more and more storage vendors, and you are, you know, in this group, are adopting technologies to uh, integrate uh, on-premises arrays with uh, um cloud uh, object source and move data you know uh, through policies or you know uh, other things like that and uh, so you are just uh, offloading your capacity problem for cold data to somebody else I mean uh, to the cloud so that uh, you are still using the hard drive but it's not your problem anymore
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I, and I think I started this by saying, I don't think disk is dead. I think it's just getting very, very specialized uh, and it's very much um, uh, being optimized for economies of hyperscale. And so I think for the, the typical enterprise, um, you know, uh, buyer or, or administrator, um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, the real thought is how do you think about balancing the use of flash and cloud, right? I think um, the days of disk and, and really even tape, um, in the enterprise, um, are really waning, which isn't to say that disk and tape uh, are dead. It's just that they're uh, highly optimized for a very, very large scale, um, and uh, they're going to be managed by the cloud vendors.
0: In in this scenario, we have uh, active workloads and uh, let's call them semi-active workloads that are uh, still in the in the data center and uh, you know, cold data that goes. To the cloud, okay. But uh, uh, you mentioned analytics first. This is a particular use case. I mean, most of this data is not really uh, sticky. I mean, the results, yes, but most of it sometimes are data set that you use to, for a for a single job or for a batch of jobs, and then you you somehow store it forever. So, uh, how do you cope these two things? Because moving data back and forth from the cloud becomes complicated. While well, having everything on, on premises, when you use only a part of it, it's expensive. So there are a lot of use cases for which uh, uh, maybe we need hard disk on premises still because you know we need capacity, even if we are not using it a lot. But we need performance, so locality, because we have to copy data to a faster device for, uh, for the analytics job.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I think there's a couple pieces there. Um, so certainly uh, you know, in terms of balancing uh, the, the use of data on-prem and in the public cloud, um, you know, that's, that's, that's honestly one of the biggest challenges uh, that customers have to think about when, when, you know, when, when deploying their hybrid uh, cloud uh, strategies. And, and I think, you know, we're in a place today that um, you know, data gravity is a real thing. Uh, it's hard to move data around, uh, not just because of network speeds and feeds, uh, but also because of um, application and environmental demands. Um, you know, our strategy, pure strategy in this uh, really is to offer customers the choice um, and, and um, you know, give customers the same level of functionality, features, um, um, and, and user experience in, in both the cloud and the on-premise environment, um, really freeing them up to make the best use of the the you know resources that either they have on prem, uh, the enterprise, or uh, or with one of the public cloud vendors. Um, you know I think the the other part of your question uh, really comes to, um, you know, if you do have a, a body of data that's residing on prem, um, you know, how do you think about uh, or how should customers be thinking about? Um, you know, deploying that data on flash versus uh, disk for cost savings, um, and and balancing the uh, cost of the solution versus uh, the demands of analytics. Um, you know, what I'd say is is two things, right? One is, um, you know, we, we've talked about um, you know how the the enterprise uh, systems based on flash uh, led by, um, you know, uh, offerings such as the Flash 3C are really uh, uh, meaningfully closing the gap uh, in the enterprise between uh, flash-based systems and disk-based systems. Um, I expect that the rate of that gap closing to uh, continue to accelerate, um, certainly as, um, you know, as we're able to, to drive more and more efficiencies out of uh, technology such as QLC. Um, you know, the other thing I'd point out is that, um, you know, the, the, there's a, the Uh, second-order effect here that's coming from the public cloud. And that that effect is really coming from uh, a shift, a secular shift or or transition in application architectures. Um, Said another way, modern applications or cloud-native applications um, are becoming a lot more horizontal. Um, They're becoming uh, a lot more broken up and and made up of many different um, pieces of software or or microservices, if you will. Um, The net effect of this uh, on infrastructure and in storage in in particular um, is that, Application environments, whether they're uh, workloads, whether they're running uh, in the public cloud uh, or in the enterprise, um, are becoming quite a bit more demanding of uh, flexibility uh, from the underlying infrastructure, uh, the ability to scale up, scale down, be able to uh, handle a wide variety of workloads, um, IO patterns, um, and uh, and do so with with very, um, very low predictability. It's it's very much harder for uh, an admin uh, uh, these days with modern applications um, to provision. Uh, sorry, to to um, uh, plan and. and um, Uh, and and foresee the I.O. demands of any particular application because they change so frequently. And so because of that, uh, and in particular highlighted by uh, some of the applications in the analytics space, uh, becomes of utmost importance for the infrastructure to be able to support um, that type of flexibility. And so um, I think that's another big force uh, that will push people away from uh, deploying large disk-based systems on-prem because just like there's a data gravity effect uh, of data that's residing in the enterprise versus in the cloud, once you put data on a large disk-based system, if you next month find out that, you know, part of your application um, I.O. pattern changed or, 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 you know, you have a new business demand on that data, um, it's very hard to just all of a sudden burst up a new I.O. pattern against that if it's locked away behind, um, you know, on slow media.
0: Don't you see also that uh, with the adoption of more in-memory-based uh, uh, databases uh, we are um, we need flash also to reduce the latency for these uh, data movements I mean when we started to talk about uh, uh, when we start to talk about uh, large data sets that have to be moved uh, to RAM or uh, SCM uh, devices like obtain for example it's very painful compared to um, what we get from uh, from a, a flash blade system, for example. Do you see this kind of uh, trends in, uh, in your installed base?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, ultimately, the point of storing data, the, the way you use data is you've, you do useful compute on it. You've got to feed it to applications. Um, and, you know, certainly as the uh, uh, volumes of data that uh, people and applications are working with um, uh, grows, uh, and grows and grows significantly, um, you know, that certainly puts pressure on um, you know the fastest data access mechanisms. And so, you know, if you rewind 10, 15 years, you had um you know couple four or five orders of magnitude difference between main memory reference, um, disk and network and so on and so forth. Um, I, I, think a very good evidence to your point here is, is, you know, even something like flash, which moved, um, the performance needle from disc, uh, uh, to flash for, for permanent bulk storage, it moved that, that, that needle by several orders of magnitude, even though, you know, even as flash storage evolves, uh, it's no longer just a one size fits all solution, right? If you look at, um, the flash, um, uh, memory manufacturers roadmaps, you can see that, um, you know, in the current and next generations. Um, these product lines are also bifurcating, right? You've got TLC, you've got QLC, um, bringing in a lower performance, lower cost here, Um, but you're also seeing now the uh, introduction of storage class memories, right? So really pushing some of that, um, you know, flash types of technology um, that that, uh, uh, had traditionally been targeted at, at bulk uh, persistent storage really much more into the uh, you know DRAM uh, uh, types of uh, types of use cases, and so I think um, I think you're absolutely seeing that right. You're absolutely seeing um, you know uh, bridging that gap as as kind of the next um, you know uh, hill to climb, and and that's that's also why um, you know we introduced uh, direct memory uh, last year. Um, if you recall, this is um, Pure's um, you know Pure's offering of essentially being able to add um, storage class memory or Intel Optane drive-based um, um, direct memory modules to the flash array um, to bring some of that uh, significant performance boost uh, into some of the most uh, latency-sensitive workloads uh, that we're running today, just to kind of, again, give give that extra boost for applications that are, um, you know, stretching the bounds of, of uh, what you can fit in memory, such as the in-memory databases and, and what have you. Yes,
0: uh, indeed. So we we still live uh, in a in a world full of uh, you know storage tiers at the end, and it's becoming more and more granular where you put your data, when, how, and uh, for uh, uh, oh, and and also for uh, how much time. It's incredible. I mean, but 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 my idea remains the same. I mean, uh, we will see less and less hard drives going forward and uh, more. Uh, of these hard drives uh, implemented in uh, vertical and uh, fully controlled by the vendor storage system, meaning a specialized system that uh, can cope with, uh, with all these new uh, different uh, mechanics, all these different APIs uh, at the best to also to become efficient enough to justify their, uh, their usage in, in, uh, in these systems while on the other side we'll see more and more tiers of flash inside the data center. I mean, it's not a single type of flash, uh, it's not even two, but uh, you mentioned uh, MLC, TLC, QLC, and uh, and now um, Obtain. So we are talking about a lot of different uh, um, media and uh, the complication will be uh, Sorry, the the difficulty will be managed all of them correctly, right?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I I think that's I think um, I agree with a lot, a lot of that, right? So if you if we unpack that, um, yeah, I mean, uh, absolutely, I don't think disk is going anywhere. You're just Going to see a lot less of it in the enterprise, right? It's going to be really shifting and specializing for the public cloud, um, which isn't to say that you know the typical enterprise won't be using it, but they won't be su- they won't be subjected and uh, to it and, and and visibly and operationally managing it. Um, you know, that being said, uh, you know on you know in the enterprise, I think really. Um, uh you know the place of flash really is solidifying you know we you know here at pure we set out uh really on this journey of building the all flash data center um you know starting really about 10 years ago and i think we're really starting to see um us us uh you know cresting the hill there right so certainly um you know with flash array x with flash blade and now with flash Array c um being able to target um into the heart of uh, you know magnetic media and the enterprise, and um, supported by uh, the public cloud. I think the modern data center uh, for the enterprise really is one of flash uh, and cloud, and bringing those two uh, resources to bear. And then to you know to to the point that we discussed earlier. Um, certainly, I think. Um, you know, as uh, more and more performance demands are being applied to data, um, you know, the industry is looking for more and more ways to bring, um, you know, even more performance uh, higher up and closer to the processing. And so you're starting to see that um, in terms of expanding the traditional quote unquote DRAM tier, right? So a lot of the storage class memories there. So it's, you know, very exciting times. Um, You know, I'd say that, uh, you know, in some ways it's not really more tiers, it's just the tiers that, um, you know, uh, deserve the most um, attention and, and um you know are most applicable to the enterprise and most exposed to the enterprise um are really all um uh, solid state at this point everything that's disk and tape really you know we see that as as uh, very much shifting to and, and specializing in the cloud
0: yeah exactly to be honest here i will invite also some our disk uh, uh fans so just to have all the all the voices but uh, but i i have to say that i agree with you i mean uh, uh, my idea remains the same, we will see more hard drives in the hyperscale uh, uh, space, more flash, more types of flash, uh, more usages of flash in, uh, in the enterprise, and uh, a lot of mechanisms to move data between uh, the cloud, so more integration between cloud and, yeah. uh, and the data center. So, uh, and I think with this, uh, we can wrap up maybe uh, giving a few links on uh, where we can find more information about Pure Storage. Uh, maybe if you have a Twitter handle that you can share, so that we can keep the conversation going also online.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's been a great chat. Um, and absolutely, I'd, I'd encourage um, you know any of any of the listeners uh, who'd like to learn more about uh, either Pure Storage um, or some of the technologies we've talked about uh, today. Um, uh, to, to hit our website at www.purestorage.com. Um, we've certainly got a lot of product information, but if, um, you know, if you go to the blogs and, and and some of the other resources we have there, a lot of good information uh, and background and context on, um, you know, where we see uh, Flash as a technology and a market um, um, uh, today, and as well moving into the future. Um, and personally, uh, yes, my Twitter handle is uh, flashy-bob, um, and I uh, <laughs> encourage, uh, encourage you all to follow me there.
0: Fantastic, thank you very much again, and bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode of Voices in Data Storage, please check out the other ones. Unstructured data management is the focus of a report Enrico wrote for GigaOm Research. To find out more about how data storage is evolving in the cloud era, download the single report or subscribe to GigaOm Research for future forward advice on data-driven technologies, operations, and business strategies.